Hey gang, I'm Kevin, and welcome back to another episode of A Tiny Revolution. Um, reason we're a day late is because I'm trying this new thing out with Restream, where I am recording the, the conversations I'm having with my friends, and then posting those in addition to the, just the podcast, because, you know, multiple streams, trying to get this shit out there more. And so, you know, we just took an extra day to get it out here. But I'm excited uh, to bring you this conversation with my friend, Sarah Jane Case. She's the writer and creator of The Honest Enneagram. Uh, she's an Enneagram host. She hosts an Enneagram Summit every year that I've been a part of twice. It's super fun. Um, and today in the, the conversation, we really get into, A, what the hell is the Enneagram for people who have never heard of it? And maybe if you've escaped the latest, you know, when progressive Christianity almost converted to the church of Enneagram. You know what I'm saying? Anyways. Um, but like one of the things like I love to bring up is that the Enneagram is not a tool to show you who you are, but to show you the ways that you get caught up. And um, Sarah Jane Case is an expert in this field and really uses the Enneagram. And she'll talk about this too, to show how to like, oh, you thought you had to do that. You thought you had to be this way. So for me, being an Enneagram 8, you thought you had to be angry all the time. You thought that you had to be hard and like defend yourself all the time. So the Enneagram showed me, yeah, those are my tendencies. Those are the ways I get caught up. And also, this is the ways that I can learn to be soft with myself. So I'm really pumped to share this conversation with you. So I hope you enjoy it. Before we get into that, a couple of announcements that um, if you're listening to this when this comes out on October 6th, we're having a little new moon ritual tonight. You can click the link in the bio to go there. Or maybe if I um, if I figure out how to do cards on YouTube, maybe one will pop up, maybe. Um, this Saturday also, The Crowded Table, which is the amazing online community that I host on Patreon and curate on Patreon. We're having a Saturday uh, gathering at 10 a.m. Pacific uh, and one, 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern time. And we're just gonna get together. We're gonna have some music. We're gonna have some time of reflection. Um, Cause I'm trying to, we're experimenting right now. We're seeing what feels good. And so you can expect some delicious music. You can expect some meditation and some prayer. You can expect um, a sermon because I love preaching. Um, so you can catch that right here on, uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, on YouTube, if you're listening to this in the podcast, you can go over to YouTube and check that out. Um, and if you're curious about uh, the crowded table, both like as like uh, an online community and what it could look like for you to join that, you can just go to patreon.com slash the Kevin Garcia and learn. Because not only, you know, are you supporting this podcast and, um, and this YouTube channel and making more content accessible for queer people of faith the world over, but you're also, girl, you're helping pay my bills. And that's real helpful, let me tell you. Um, but along with like helping pay my bills, you're also engaging with new community. You're getting to meet people who are on the same exact life journey as you are, probably deconstructing and reconstructing. And if you found your way into my corner of the internet, maybe you're a little woo-woo, maybe you're a little like witchy-wah, maybe you love Jesus, but you uh, don't want to call yourself a Christian anymore. Whatever it is, you're welcome at the crowded table. So please go over to uh, patreon.com slash the Kevin Garcia, and you can join us there. Um, I think that's all the announcements for this week. I love you and let's get into the show. This is my conversation with my friend, Sarah Jane Case. I just woke up from a nap literally 60 seconds ago. Yay, what's that for you? <sighs> I feel very good. I feel very refreshed and um, <laughs> still like got a little of the sleepies in my eyes, but we're working through it. And I'm, I'm just so pleased I get to see you. Yeah, you too. And I am pleased that you took a nap. That makes me feel so happy. Listen, the rest game is the only game I play now. <laughs> It's the game it's of inspiration. It's like, cause literally like it was like a quarter till and I'm like, I just need 10 minutes. I just need 10 mm -hmm. minutes. And man, it's a, it's a gift. Anyways, yeah. we're here to talk about you and your work and your life. Cause you're Sarah Jane Case, 
Um, you are the curator of the Enneagram and Coffee Instagram, Chanel. You are a writer, um, a summiteer, like creating creator of summits. <laughs> and I would also want to know, like, how do you introduce yourself to people these days? Yeah, I would say, I mean, I think you, I think you did a better job than I do. I, I would say author of, in Honest Enneagram and host of the Enneagram and Coffee podcast. Those are the two. Um, yeah, human trying to figure it all out. Mm-hmm. And we, we kind of got connected because of like um, Enneagram stuff. And what I think is really interesting is that like, I think they're, I don't know, like if like where I don't know where the conversation around the Enneagram is these days, because like my toolbox is just continuing to expand. And I think that like uh, anyway, for, for someone who maybe doesn't even know what an Enneagram is and they'll say like an Enneagram, what's that? <laughs> um, no, but um, tell me about how you got into the Enneagram and like how do you define the Enneagram anyways? Yeah. So, you know, my current definition is that the Enneagram gives us nine unique things we thought we had to be our whole life. Right. So it's like this picture into you thought you had to be strong. You thought you had to be happy. Oh, you thought you had to be perfect. Like this kind of invitation into what if you didn't have to be that? What Mm -hmm. if you get to just be like whatever you happen to feel to be at this moment and you're free to express yourself in whatever way. And, um, yeah, so that's kind of how I think of it. It's it's essentially a personality typing test. Um, it's broken down into nine distinct types. However, the major difference, right, is it tells you who you thought you had to be, the mm-hmm. behavior, like why you're doing what you're doing instead of just the actions that you're taking. And um, yeah, so I found it like most of us do. I think someone saw my type pattern mm-hmm. in what I was doing or saying, and they were like, whoa, have you heard of the Enneagram? Mm-hmm. And I <laughs> like... I'd like for you to know your type. It's like, I'm really um, curious to know like how you move through the world with yeah. the Enneagram because you're driving me insane and I need to figure out why. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, I, I took the test. I typed as an Enneagram too and loved that. Cause I was like, I am so warm and loving That's and like, so kind. I'm like so self-sacrificing. And um, then I read the Enneagram type seven description and I was like, oh, okay, Mm -hmm. that's me. That's like, it honestly felt like someone had written my journals out and followed me around and documented my life and um, creeped me out, but also felt delightful. And Mm -hmm. it, I second guessed myself a lot. It took me like two years to kind of come back to seven and to really own that. And Um, in that journey, I discovered all of the types I was coaching at the time. So I was seeing it in my clients and I was like, whoa, Mm -hmm. these patterns are so fascinating and so interesting and help us to go deep so much more quickly. Mm -hmm. Cause like I'm in the same boat, like a lot of the people I work with, they have like the, uh, Enneagram, like they have that as their tool belt coming in. So it's like, I don't even got to unpack that, Mm -hmm. which is really fun for me. I'm just like, I'm just like, if you're aware of this pattern, cause I think this is, I don't know, like, cause like we, I don't want to say this. I will say for myself coming from Christian world, like where like we tend to like grab onto systems that work and really like institutionalize them in some way. Mm. I feel like over the past, like less so now maybe, but just like there was a good minute where the Enneagram, like it was like the gospel of the Enneagram was the thing. And I remember so many people making excuses for their bad behavior based on their Enneagram type. And I'm like, girl, girl mm-hmm. girl yes and like that culture too around there's a right way to do it and a wrong way to do mm-hmm. it and you're failing if you do it this way or you're a good person if you do it this way and like this like energy like we can make anything a religion if we want to and oh people do it with the enneagram all the time mm-hmm. and it's really about like the enneagram's just this map it's like hey look here's some information here's a map of like some growth you can do mm-hmm. and then like it's not it's up to you how you decide to use it there's no like failing at the enneagram there's no like and there's also no winning either you know yeah, there's no there's no sinning either like Hello. it's just like like you can't mess it up it's just your journey. It's your growth and that's your timing. Yeah. And I think like I have someone I can't remember who said it, but just like the Enneagram shows you where you're getting caught up. 
mm-hmm. not necessarily who you are, but just like it just shows you like it, it, for me, like discovering uh, the Enneagram, I started off thinking I was a seven because I just love fun and moving around and doing all the things. And then my friend, like we're driving from like uh, like a boba tea place and he hands me um, Richard Rohr's text, the, the Christian, a, a Christian perspective. And he said, you should flip to the part like uh, on eights. And as I was reading it, it was like the same experience as you. Just like, oh no, oh no. Somebody see, like someone seen what I've been doing. And it really just yeah. like, it kind of like at first, like it really does like, the, I, I think it's very interesting how the initial reaction to being seen at first is fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think sometimes with the Enneagram especially, it's so innate right like these it's ultimately our coping mechanisms like this is how we've survived Mm -hmm. and it's just second nature sometimes to where when we're when it's pointed out to us as this thing that doesn't always serve us isn't always working for us it Mm -hmm. feels like but that's what i know like that's the thing i know and how did you know i was doing that it feel it just feels like really intense um and i think for a lot of us we think that's the good way to be like well this is what a good person does a good person like fights mm-hmm. a good person like stands up for themselves or a good person thinks positively against all odds you know and mm-hmm. and like also yes yeah sometimes that's great sometimes that's our greatest asset and our greatest strength and then sometimes it's not working for us and sometimes when used in the wrong context or used too much or too hard too mm-hmm. often it's not serving us and serving our relationships ding dong because that's really what it comes down to is like you got like and I think that's really the tool is like at least for me I also saw the pattern of just like how when I was typing people left and right once I discovered the Enneagram to like say oh you're this way for sure and then like um rather than I was like okay let me you know, it's it's like when when people hear that I'm a Scorpio, I'm just like, listen, I know Scorpios get a bad rap mm-hmm. for so many reasons, but I'm not an asshole because I'm a Scorpio. Mm-hmm. I'm an asshole sometimes because I have a traumatic childhood growing right. up. It's different, you know? Right. And I think that, oh, I love that you said that because when we turn the Enneagram into just like, you're such a number, like you're such a six or you're such a seven, like what we're doing in that moment is we're ignoring, we're, lo- we're losing our compassion, mm-hmm. right? Like, and I am, I've been there. I will probably be Guilty. there again sometime. Guilty. Yeah. A hundred percent. Even with myself, even to myself. Um, but if we use it for its language, right? If we come in and we go, mm-hmm. well, what, what, if I describe what being such a seven means right now, It's like, Mm -hmm. oh, you learned that like no one's going to look out for you. So only you can look out for yourself. And you're terrified of being trapped in emotional pain because when in your childhood, you went through so much that you learned how to be happy, even in the spite Mm -hmm. of deep emotional pain and neglect. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're hurting, little one. Like you're hurting. What's the journey for you been like as I don't know, like, you know, because you've like you work with this shit all the time. It's so up close. So like for you, what is a personal practice of, I mean, I guess like what are your personal practices around like keeping yourself centered and grounded? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I, I will go back to you real quick, just that the Enneagram oh, yeah. as, as a map, because um, I like that you said, what are your practices? Because the Enneagram isn't the practice, right? Like the mm. Enneagram is the map of what the practices should be for me. So yeah. um as a seven, I I have like the tendency to stay really busy, to fill my time. Um, I have a hard time sitting with negative emotions. Mm. I um, struggle to go deep with people if I don't trust them to be light with my pain. And so um, my practice has been crying on the floor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's it. And like letting it happen and letting someone like letting my husband see me there and not just doing not what I used to do is like go to the bathroom and cry, wipe my eyes, wash my face and go out. And no one ever knew. And like letting him be there with me, letting him support me. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I am just this week. So I feel kind of like an imposter saying like, I do this, but I started this week. I'm very proud of myself. Um, Just time of doing nothing. So I'll go out on the porch Yes. And I just set a timer, like an analog, I have like an analog timer and I set it the first day for five minutes 
and did nothing. The second day for seven, we're up to 12 minutes now. And it's like, yeah, I don't, I don't have to meditate. That's mm-hmm. the other thing is like, I can get really good. I can meditate well, right? Like I can still get kind of accomplishy about mm-hmm. a meditation, but just, but sitting still in silence like that, I is so soothing to my nervous system. Um, and it lets me be like, oh, I can move slower than I think I can have to. I mm-hmm. can be here in this moment. My mind can wonder and it can come back. It, it can slow down and um, I can just be in my body in this like actual moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, sevens, a lot of us do this. Sevens, we like live in the future. We're like, what's next? What's coming up next? All of my joys in the future. The happy place is the here and now. Like, how can I appreciate the mm-hmm. good that's here instead of thinking about the good that's to come? And so that's definitely one of my major practices. Mm. I'm also trying Qigong. Yeah, you better move that energy around your body. <laughs> so, yeah. For, yeah, I'm just trying out. For someone who doesn't know Qigong, like just basic definition. Oh, I don't know if I'm qualified. <laughs> I can say... <laughs> Um, but it's, it is basically just moving energy through your body. You kind of do Mm. like tapping movements Mm -hmm. and motions that you do that kind of get your energy flowing. And I think of it as like getting your blood circulating because I'm not very Mm. spiritual in that way, but, um, yeah, it just kind of like moves some shit around. Let me tell you what, like whether it's literally, if it's me moving my mental energy and my focus around the body or whether it's actual, like you know the magical dust of the universe i don't really give a fuck anymore right like that's that's my deal i'm just like i can't tell you what's actually happening i can only tell you how it makes me feel yep yeah same and qigong feels good it feels real good Mm -hmm. i love that you were saying like the practice of silence is very hard especially modern world um especially like you know when everybody's timer is their phone and their everyone's alarm clock Mm -hmm. is their phone and everybody's everything Mm -hmm. um so being able to i don't know like to slow down like i didn't learn how to be still like probably until like the because first time we had a a talk like it it was Mm pre-pandemic i think your book was just getting ready to launch and whatnot and Mm -hmm. so i bet like at least for me, like I had to learn how to be with myself and not mm-hmm. only be with myself, but enjoy being with myself. Otherwise, like I was going to die. It was cr- like, especially in isolation, mm-hmm. that the practice of being still and just listening mm-hmm. to your breath or nothing. Mm-hmm. Incredible. Yeah. I, it wasn't until the pandemic that I was able to like actually stay home all day by myself. Mm-hmm. I had like never done that. I'd never Same. gotten comfortable doing that. And then I was like, oh, this is actually feels really good. I feel calmer and happier and more at ease. Mm-hmm. Like it could have been this simple the whole time. But I I was so I don't know. Like I know this what the Enneagram says it is. Mm-hmm. It's like you're so scared of feeling all of your emotions that you don't want to be at home. But um, yeah, mm-hmm. I just felt like I had to constantly be doing or entertaining or everything that I do had to have a, a reason behind it. Mm-hmm. I also relate to like, I like the feeling of, I want to get out of the house. Um, I, I think mm-hmm. in some ways there's this, uh, that's the capitalism talking. It's like, you got to go out and accomplish something and mm-hmm. go somewhere, like go to the co-working space and do the work there. And I'm like, I can, I mean, I could. And mm-hmm. um but like, especially like, I remember when everything set in and I was, I was living on campus at my grad school in this tiny ass apartment by myself with, I didn't have my dog at that point. Like, I didn't realize like how I was just a, not addicted to people, but I had never had to do it really by myself. Um and that was the space that kind of just like kicked it and was like, okay, if I want to feel better, I have to take responsibility for my own, my, I have to take responsibility for myself. What a concept, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Well, and I think like um, some of us, you know, if we think of Enneagram terms, mm-hmm. like three sevens and eights, we're assertive. We like to take action. We're forward thinking. Mm-hmm. Action is not our problem. Like we can get things done, mm-hmm. but like, slowing down being present Uh being in being comfortable with stillness and rest 
that takes practice. Like that's our practice. And Mm -hmm. for other types, it's taking action, putting themselves out there, being seen. That's not our problem. Mm -hmm. We have to like work out that other muscle of like Mm -hmm. being still, being being here. Yeah. So um, again, this is a good question. And I guess like for me, like, because I tend to work with uh, a lot of, I don't know what it is about fours coming to me. I have a lot of four clients. They come in all the time. I love a four four too. Also, all of my ex-lovers have been fours. And so it's just like, like the, my theory is eights have trouble feeling things. So who better to learn feelings from than someone who cannot stop feeling everything. (laughs) And a four, like, you know, like lives in the fantasy and like who to learn better how to get shit Mm -hmm. done than somebody who cannot stop getting shit done. Yeah. And force look for a rescuer. Hmm. They're looking for someone to come in and save them and to take care of things. And ooh, eights are good at that. I really play. It's like the perfect feeding for each other's mechanisms for sure. For everyone's ego. Cause I know that I have like, yeah. I, cause like, I love being the rescuer. I love being right. I like, it's like, yeah. and everyone like will, can, will applaud me for that. That's the problem. Mm-hmm, That's the problem. Mm-hmm. It's like, girl, you got to save yourself first. That's the thing is like with the Enneagram too, is we, we essentially have trained everyone in our lives to like us for these things. Like, oh, everybody in my life, like looks to me to be the positive one, looks to me to be happy and to see opportunity. Everyone's looking for you to be the one who can handle it, who can take care of things, who's going to speak up. And it's like, we're having to retrain the people who are around us Mm -hmm. to get comfortable with like, well, yeah, sometimes I'm going to take a nap and like, you're oh, not yeah. going to get a hold of me. I'm not going to be there for you in that moment. Or um, sometimes like I'm going to, I'm going to cry on the floor and you're going to hold me and tell me it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And like, it's a, it's an adjustment for all of us. Yeah. I'm hoping that's the way that just community will continue to move. Mm-hmm. I think that we're finally recognizing that capitalism and celebrity is not really serving us anymore. And that mm-hmm. just because you have a follower count doesn't mean that you're necessarily a healthy person at all or yeah, somebody who's worthy yeah. of being followed um mm-hmm. cuz i'm really starting to see like the people who i am following and getting to know is like the people who are slowing down the people like i am starting to do way less cuz i was just thinking should i do a whole retreat i'm like no because you're launching a cohort right now maybe you should do one thing at a time silly coos Oh my gosh. Yes. They, um, I took an Instagram sabbatical this summer and like four of my friends were doing it at the exact same time. Mm -hmm. It's like, we all just like got off Instagram all at the same time. Like there's something moving Mm -hmm. where it's like, we're all just, what does it feel like to be here? What does it feel like to not be on our phone? Mm -hmm. What does it feel like to be in our life and in this moment? Yeah. I'm thinking I need to, that would be a delicious time to see, especially I think once the, I'm going to experiment with this idea because if I have my cohort all squared away for the winter, then like I can take like a month off and not. Ooh, wow. I just got really yeah. excited. November. You're not going to, I don't know if y'all are going to see me on the internet on in November. That might be really I nice. Love this. Holy shit. This is actually a really good idea. You heard it here first, everyone. <laughs> I'll probably like, yeah, if any, we, I, go ahead. Uh, no, go ahead. I want to hear. Oh, I was just, you know, I was about to just like keep on jawing on about nothing, probably. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, I think that that's like some healthy eight shit right there. Yeah. That's some like, yeah, that I mean, that's the that's it. Mm-hmm. And all like, I feel very lucky because uh, now I, I we're all kind of getting to the point where it's just like, at least like a couple years ago, it was like, all about building the brand and i'm like you guys i think i think i had it wrong (laughs) you know this is like i think yeah in fact like i know i had it wrong it's like we're just i'm finding much more peace and joy in the fact that i'm just i can say no when i need to and build space out for people like that's more fun to me than Mm -hmm. the numbers Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think for me for so long, it was like, what am I building? What am I building? What am I building? And then there was like a switch this year that went off that was like, wait, why am I doing this? Who like what? Who are the people behind this? What is the goal here? Am I working just to work or am I working to live the life that I want to live? And am I working mm. to heal, you know, heal people in these certain ways? Like I want to make sure that I'm not just like 
I'm supposed to post five days a week. So I'm posting five days a week. I want to like actually be posting things that I think will like help people Mm -hmm. and support people. And like, remember that there's humans back there Mm -hmm. um, that I'm making all of this shit for. Yeah. And I I think I I also, I was in the same way. I'm like, I don't want to just produce for the sake of like, it's um, Mm -hmm. something I think about, like, it's like, yeah, if, you want to do this kind of work on the internet. And this is also like, you know, where you're going to find your people or your group. Um, Mm -hmm. Sometimes like the rhythm and the uh, discipline is not my favorite word. Uh, Well, like, I guess like for some, the things that I don't like, I call it discipline for the things I love. I call it devotion. (laughs) I love that. Um, So just like, it's like social media is a discipline that I have to keep up with, you know, where I'm like, all right, like, Mm And it still to this day makes me mad that I can spend two minutes on just like a post. I posted me with some eyeshadow on and I'm just like, gender queer idea. Here you go. And that mm-hmm. one's blowing up. And the one before that was just like, I really thought about this really deep thought. Nothing. Yeah. It blows me the I, fuck away every time. <laughs> I know. I don't understand the algorithm. It doesn't make sense to me. I'm just going to. Eventually, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to keep showing up mm-hmm. and we'll see. I tried reels and it, the in, Instagram didn't want me to do reels. They told no, me no. They told me no too. They're like, <laughs> no reels for you. And it just, and the people who do TikTok, like that's a, that's a world. Like I have friends who like are like, that's their biggest platform is they have like 24,000, mm-hmm. 50,000 people like engaged on tiktok and i'm like mm-hmm. how i know i know i this is I've, I've officially become old this is how we know this is how we know because mm-hmm. yeah. you're what like we're both like early 30s right well, i'm 35 i'm yeah. gonna be 32 uh, in a couple months mm-hmm. and i also noticed like over the pandemic like, i didn't drink a whole lot of alcohol over the course of pandemic so like that was not my problem mine was smoked a lot of weed um, you know, still am. So like, whether it's a problem or not, you know, look at the bank account. You tell me, Ayo. Um, Ayo. but I promise that this had a point to it. <laughs> what was it? <laughs> I don't know. Uh-huh. Okay. So I want to know for you as the book has been out, as you have, you know, evolved as a woman on the internet and also just as a woman in real life. Cause like, I feel like what I've noticed in you is like, you seem really grounded. You seem like very comfortable in your body. What's, what do you think? Like, uh, how have you changed since like even the book's been published and how like has your work mm-hmm. changed since you started? Yeah. Thank you. I, you know, I will say that quarantine shifted me significantly and um I went through like a big loss last year like my mm. dad passed away took his own life and like <sighs> that fuck. was like yeah I mean that's it that's like fuck and mm-hmm. um that threw me into the depths of like oh we're gonna feel this we're gonna go here mm. and um and so I think in that honestly I think that was the major turning point was like quarantine slowed me down because mm-hmm. I was like deeply quarantined um and then that happened with my father and that like mm-hmm. threw me into the throes of grief. And I think in that grief, like that kind of pulled that seven energy of like, I'm okay. I'm okay. Everything's okay. I'm a good, everything's good. And, um, really just like forced me into like, well, let's look at this. Mm-hmm. Let's go in here and like feel your feelings and think about how you felt about your dad's life and his death and like mm-hmm. your life and, and your inevitable death. <laughs> Listen, nothing um, will get you more so- you will nothing will get you more sober about the fact that your time is limited like mm-hmm. the death of a parent and mm-hmm. I lost my dad 3 years ago and mm-hmm. it like I like I think you probably got real clear too it's just like my dad died at age 59 and so I'm mm-hmm. like wow. I'm 31 if like heaven forbid I only have that mm-hmm. much time on the earth like what have I been doing yeah 
Yeah. And I think for me, it was just like a lot, like the answer to that, like, I was like, is this the life I want to be living? Is this the kind of content I want to be creating? Is this like the impact I want to leave? Like, cause I had to think about like, what was my dad's legacy? And like, Mm. we were, he was like, he had a lot of shit, you know? And so, um, his legacy isn't what I want my legacy to be. So I had to think like, what do I want to leave behind? If I am dust, like, what what is the change I'm gonna leave on people? And like, yes, I I enjoy creating like fun, playful content, but like, what if I healed people instead? What if I mm. not that I'm healing anyone, but like I'm a part of their journey to right. healing, part of their journey to like releasing shame and releasing pressure to like perfect themselves constantly. Mm. And um, if I could just see them in their most vulnerable form and then love them there, like that's that's kind of how it shifted. Mm. That's it. And that, like, mm-hmm. I think, like, what if I healed people instead? Like, that's really, like, I think there is a shift. And then this is maybe also something me and Jamie Lee Finch were talking about this, too. The like, I feel like there is, like, a whole conscious collective of just, like, oh, this is not just about, pay, like, playing the capitalism game. You know, I think yeah. a lot of us at first, like, we were, like, really happy that what we were doing was... uh helping people while still paying the bills. And now I think it's almost reversed. I'm just like, you know, the bills will take care of themselves one way or the other. If my mm-hmm. priority can be my personal health, like when I prioritized my health and my well-being, mm-hmm. everything else fell into place. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the the big thing for me is like, I don't, I don't go out late night no more. Like, you know, that's just not every now and again. But let me tell you what, the one time I did go out, I like, I like, I had like five glasses of big five honking glasses of rose. And I woke up the next day with heartburn from hell because all that sugar. <laughs> I'm like, this is, is this the life I want to live right now at age 31? No, no, I don't. <laughs> um, yeah. But like the, the prioritization of personal health and not just like physical health, but like, I think like spiritual creative health of just like, I don't want to do anything. I don't want to do anymore. Like Mm -hmm. if at all, I mean, taxes. Okay, fine. I'll do that if I have to, but the last president hasn't paid any taxes. So I'm just like, I'm fine. Yeah. I mean, like even that we can figure it out. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But I think like, that's what I've noticed for a lot of people is like, we're no longer willing to sacrifice our health for capitalism anymore. Mm -hmm. We're no longer like willing to sacrifice our own, self-development while we're trying to develop other people. Right. And I think that's a big thing when we, I, you know, I'm getting geared up to write a second book and in like, yes! in that process, Come on, second book. Yeah, yes! I'm excited. I'm excited. And I think like the process I've had to acknowledge, like if I'm going to write, I have to live. Right. Because I can't Bingo. write from an, like from no inspiration. Right. I have to like, pause I have to go look at things I have to experience things just to have anything to possibly say and I think it's the same thing for healing like if I'm not actively in the process for healing then like where's where's my healing energy going to come from like at some point Mm -hmm. we're just making online courses but we're not like there's a difference between an online course that's aligned and an online course that's um, like actually intended. You're thinking about who are these people? How am I transforming them? How can I support them? How am I guiding them? Mm-hmm. Versus I'm going to charge this much money. I'm going to get this many people in the door. And then this is going to be my marketing mechanism. It, that's a completely different energy. And mm-hmm. we can do both. And there's nothing wrong with either of those. In my opinion, you can mm-hmm. do either of them. One of them feels really good mm-hmm. and and is more supportive to you and to others. And the other one, it just it's a lot more stressful and a lot, mm. it's a lot less aligned, and a lot less connected. Yeah. To- and it's, it's like it, I feel so much of what you're saying is like, none, none, neither one of these things is necessarily wrong. Cause at the end of the day, we're all in the clutches of capitalism. We all are trying to pay our bills. And I think right. we live under this illusion and have been living under the illusion for so long that the hustle was the only way to make it work. And mm-hmm. the hustle burns us out. The hustle, try, like you like said, just like trying to be good, trying to be the best versions of ourselves, rather than realizing that the best version of yourself is the one who is right here talking, the one who is listening to this right now, the one who is breathing. That's the best version of you. And whether or not you believe that, it does not change the fact that you are. And that, yeah, like 
Mm. That changes everything. Yeah. Like, what if like you're fine? What if they? What if like right now in this moment, like you're totally okay? There's nothing to work on. There's nothing to fix. You're good. Mm-hmm. You're fine. Everything's fine. Like that feels scary for some reason. I think because for those of us who grew up with any, like if you grew up in America in the 21st century, like you have some kind of like residual trauma, either from culture, from religion or something. We all have something like that. And like for those of us who have trauma like that, peace mm-hmm. sometimes feels like a trigger, you know, yeah. and it's just to like yeah. the, the trigger of let me get ready. Let my body tense mm-hmm. up again. Let my breath get shallow because I got to <laughs> got to get that oxygen mm-hmm. in the bloodstream. Like, we don't know the difference between, like, you know, uh, you know, the the bear in the woods and a bill on the table, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, am I – yeah, and, like, is it is it okay to feel this much good? Is it okay to feel this rested, this happy, this safe? Mm-hmm. Like, what's going to happen? Like, I need to be – like, I need to constantly know where the threat is coming from and – prevent it from happening so that I don't, you know, I don't get caught off guard or something. Yeah. But what if you're just, what if you're just here, if you're just in your body right now, there's like a lot of mm-hmm. joy there. There's a lot of good, like wherever you're listening, you're listening to a podcast right now. Like you're probably okay. Ding you're okay dong, right now. y'all. You're safe. You're, you're safe like, right here, right now. You're safe. What is so interesting is that if you can, if one can recognize that where you are is right here and now, and really the thoughts you're having, like the feeling you have, like um, something Course in Miracles says is that uh, you're like, if you are in distress or you are in, you know, if you're having like, you know, anytime you are lonely, anytime you are separated, anytime you're feeling like really shitty about yourself, you've just merely forgotten who and where and what you are. Like if you can remember, like the past is over, it can no longer touch me. If you can, if you can be reminded that you've always figured out ever like you cannot get it's like if i try to live in the future you can't get from there to there from there you got to get to there from here you're here mm-hmm. and that my i think that like mm-hmm. that recognition of the whole this holy instance like it's almost like if i can get really here i can see how it expands outward both to the past and to the pre- to the future of just like ah i've never like Mm-hmm. And now we're getting real woo woo, and like I really like it myself. <laughs> but it really is like, but like yeah. my question I love to ask people is like, um, whatever the thought is, who would you be if you didn't have that thought? You know, who would you yeah. be without? I have to be good. I have to be perfect. I have to be strong. I have to be secure. I have mm-hmm. to be sure. You know, who would you be without that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And honestly, when we think kind of enneagramming yes. about it, like if we think about like, okay, we have this, we, we, we've ultimately created the ultimate shield, right? Mm-hmm. Like this like perfection is our shield against our most vulnerable self. It's the shield against who we would be without mm-hmm. that thing. And so as we know, like any shield, we're putting it up to protect ourselves from harm, right? Like, so, okay, I, my joy is how I prevent myself from feeling pain. But it's also like the it's the very thing that's preventing me from experiencing love for the depths of who I am, right? If I'm loved for this mm-hmm. persona, if I'm loved for this like shield mm-hmm. of myself, then I'm loved for the shell of myself. Like I'm not actually mm-hmm. being loved in the deepest core. And that's why so many of us have these relationships where we feel alone and we feel like, how mm-hmm. can I be in this relationship and still feel alone? It's like, well, you're getting love just for like what you tell them they get to love you for. You're getting love for like how you help them. You're getting love for how you take mm-hmm. care of them or how easy you are to get along with. But what if you, if you let them love you for mm-hmm. your difficulty, if you let them love you in your pain or you let them love mm-hmm. you in your weakness, like that's where you're going to, it's going to integrate into your system. And, and it's for self-love too. Like if I only love myself and I'm happy, I don't yes. love myself enough. Right. Like I don't love myself. I don't, it's not unconditional. It's completely conditional. But if I can love myself through the Mm -hmm. shield into like the little gooey bits behind Mm -hmm. the shield that are in pain, that are hurting, who want to writhe, who threw a candlestick once because she was Mm -hmm. pissed, like she still deserves love. That version of her still deserves love. And Mm -hmm. like that, yeah. So I think when we think about the Enneagram or any kind of coping mechanism, it's like, 
are we letting people love us mm-hmm. beyond it? Or are we asking them to love us for this like tiny sliver of a shell of who we, we, mm-hmm. we can be? The, the thing I remember one time I was sitting in a circle of people. Um, I think it was very much it was super churchy. I had actually started a house church and it was like pretty like, you know, we had like 30 people. We were decently successful. And I was talking about how mad I was at, you know, our old church who like didn't have space for us. And my friend Travis looked at me and says like, Kevin, I know you hate to hear it, but you are best when you are soft. You are best when you are Mm. letting us know how frustrated you are and how mad you are. Instead of thinking that you have to be Mm -hmm. strong and thinking you have to be righteous. And that's like, I think my biggest problem Mm -hmm. for myself is like, I think I always have to be the guru, if you will, or I have to be the one who's enlightened and happy and in my highest self all the time. And like, I like being there. I enjoy mm-hmm. being there. Um, it's easy for me to be there. Um, but it completely, it can ignore the reality of my body. And I can't do that. You know, that's what mm-hmm. capitalism teaches us to do. It's just like, don't feel bad. Just keep doing this thing and you'll feel better. I'm just like, it's not like the body is, the body holds on to shit. And if you don't, what I learned for myself is I, if I don't let my body, if I don't let him feel whatever he's feeling, it doesn't matter if it's valid or not. A, va- a valid feeling? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's just like, is it there? Does it exist? It is valid. <laughs> You're allowed to feel anything you want. And then you can also like get curious, like what's causing this? It, am I believing something that's untrue? And also right mm-hmm. after, like, I think like we don't actually experience the peace that comes after it until we acknowledge it. Hmm. Yeah. I think that's in, I think, ah, yeah, I, I wonder, you know, my husband went to a retreat that Hillary McBride led with, like, I think it's called a Ken retreat yeah. with everybody. And when he came back, he, um, I was just frustrated one day, like we, he and I were at a coffee shop and we were just fresh. I was frustrated and I couldn't figure out why. And we were like walking to lunch and he was like, what's going on? And I was like, I honestly don't know. Like I just feel frustration and I I don't let myself feel frustration I feel so much shame and guilt when I feel negative emotions so I was kind of like I was wrestling with it trying to figure it out trying to solve it and he was like well where do you feel it in your body mm-hmm. and I was like oh I immediately knew what it was like he it the the coffee shop was cold he went outside and let himself feel the sun on his skin mm-hmm. and I was jealous mm-hmm. I was jealous. I don't, cause I didn't give myself that same permission. I felt like I have to stay in here and, and like do mm-hmm. this thing, push through this difficulty and you get to just go out there and like feel the sun on your how skin. Dare how, you. how unfair. Yeah. But it's like, he listened to his mm-hmm. body. He let himself have that moment of pleasure. And then like by him pointing me back to my body, I was like, Oh, that's that simple. <sighs> like, yes. And I can like, just let myself like, yeah, I was jealous. Like poor, like, oh, why did I think I had to suffer like Isn't, that? That's not mine yes. to carry. And when we look at ourselves, like um, there is a statue like in somewhere in Southeast Asia called the Buddha of uh, unbearable compassion. And it's got with, oh no, with the mm-hmm. smile of unbearable compassion. It's just a statue of the Buddha just going, just looking at just like, oh, mm-hmm. it's okay. And that to me is like, for me, that is like the energy of, cause I'm a woo woo. I'm like, that's, the, that's the Christ energy. That's the mm-hmm. universe energy. That's the love. That's completion. That's mm-hmm. uh spirit of that, of like the recognition of why did I think I had to suffer? You know, there's so much suffering that's mm-hmm. going to happen. It's like pain is inevitable. You know, I'm going to, there's going to be pain in mm-hmm. life because it sucks. And you know, the world is a world and there is so much of the suffering that I can choose to, it's not even bypassing it. It's just choosing to give it up. It's like, I think I have to suffer for some reason. Like we were tricked and somewhere in like, like the narrative is just like, I think I was taught that I deserve Mm -hmm. to suffer and we don't. Yeah. No, we don't. And we can, and when we do, we can love ourselves Mm -hmm. there. We can just be like, it's okay. That hurts. And that's all right. And I think so for so long, like, I think I tried to bypass the pain. So therefore I was not, I was bypassing my compassion. Cause it was like, I was so fixing, fixing mm-hmm. oriented and like, I'm going to solve this. I'm going to fix this. And then, um, when I quit trying to fix it, which I'm not perfect at some days, I'm good mm-hmm. at it. Some days I'm not, um, moment to moment really it's, 
I can look at it and say, okay, we're not going to fix you. We're mm-hmm. just going to feel you. And it's okay that you're here. Mm-hmm. That's so yeah. much easier. It's like it, people, like when I'm teaching meditation, people is like, I'm just trying to like drop these thoughts or get rid of these thoughts. I'm like, no, 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 that you, you can't. Thoughts are phenomena. They come out of nowhere. They go back to nowhere. And so if you can meet whatever it is, whatever feeling or thought with love and understanding, it will release you. That's what Byron Katie says about the work. Mm-hmm. It's just like you meet every single thing, no matter what it is, no matter how petty or weird or no matter how shameful you feel about it, you meet that with love and compassion. It will heal, like, it will heal itself because that's, that's the antidote. And then also mm-hmm. you notice like, I just think for myself, I, whenever something goes down, I just think, oh, of course I would do that. And rather than like, rather than like, <laughs> oh, of course I would do that. Like with like a mean tone, it's more like, well, yes, of course. Like you lived for 24 years hiding yourself and your feelings and your emotions while you were in the closet. You only really started getting honest about five years ago. So mm-hmm. relatively speaking in your life, you have less practice. So of course you would slip up or mm-hmm. go back or like fall into this old pattern. That's your pattern. And... Oh, yeah. Like next. Yeah. And you have a lot of evidence that it worked for you, mm-hmm. you know, so then we're, we're learning new evidence for ways that other things work mm-hmm. for you, but there's some evidence. That's that the thing works. too. It's like, look at the data. Look what these, like, what do these thoughts mm-hmm. slash practices do for you? Does it make you feel better? Mm-hmm. And that's, um, that's literally it. And I think that your work, like, I remember, like, when I was first getting into it, like, getting into Enneagram work, like, yours was, like, very, just, like, so clear and so delicious and helpful. So I've loved getting to watch you blossom. Also, before, I want to talk about mm-hmm. second book. What are we going in? What are we getting in on? Yeah. So it's called the Enneagram Letters, and it's poems and essays to who you thought you had to be. This is what you've been doing on your Instagram. Oh, my God. How dare you make me sob? (laughs) Oh, if I can make an eight cry and tell me about it, that's all that I can ask for. (laughs) Okay. Sorry. Keep going. Interrupted you. (laughs) Um, Yeah. No, just like empathy letters, honestly, of just like. I feel you, I see you, um, and to the part of all of us that feels, I mean, because I think that's the thing with the Enneagram that I'm expanding into is yes, we have a dominant type, but also there's some part of in all of us that feels like we have to be all of these things, you know? We all, to some degree, feel like we have to be easy to get along with and Or at least we should be, like I should be this way. Yeah, we should be, exactly. Even if it's not like our, our actual coping mechanism, it is some message, we're, we're sent all of these messages from all corners of the earth. And um, so hopefully the letters and poems feel applicable to each type in a deep and connective way, but also to each of us that feels that we need to, to do each of these wait. things. I cannot wait for that. Cause your first book was also very, like first book was the honest, or is the honest Enneagram. Um, and that was also just a delicious treat. And now people get to have more of your good shit, Sarah Jane Case. Mm-hmm. Thanks. I'm excited about it. I'm, um, yeah, I'm really, really thrilled. I'm to get thrilled to write for this you. One. I don't want to keep us past time. And um, I'm just thank you for hanging out with me today. Like you, you're really making my whole day just real special. Yeah, thank you for having me. This is the most fun. Like getting to go to all these it's a delicious with you is awesome. time. Will you tell humans on the internet where they can find your work, your books, etc.? Yeah. So um, if you're new to the Enneagram and you want to like read the descriptions, take a quiz or something, you can do that at my website, enneagramandcoffee.com. We have podcast Enneagram and Coffee. And then Instagram is my name, Sarah Jane Case. And we can hang out in any of those places. That was my conversation with the fantastic Sarah Jane Case. If you want to follow her, please follow her across the internet at Sarah Jane Case and also her Enneagram account, which is Enneagram and Coffee. Um, again, she's a just a lovely friend of mine. We got to spend a little time when we were in Asheville together one time. I just remember that and like it made my heart melt a little bit. So 
Anyways, um, Sarah Jane, thank you so much for coming to hang out with me on the pod. I, uh, I like you. I love you. I want some more of you. So go follow her. Go get her book, The Honest Enneagram, and then get ready for her second book, which apparently is coming out, you know, in the future. And uh, if you like what you are seeing here, you can, again, become a supporting partner through Patreon. And when you join Patreon, it's not just a way to support this podcast, but you're also helping facilitate and grow an online spiritual community called The Crowded Table, which is uh, kind of the direction I'm taking that online space. We have monthly workshops. We have a book club going on right now. This month, we're reading Mary Magdalene Revealed, which is one of the most important books I ever read when I was in college. And then on October 21st, we're going to be doing a Zoom call with the author, Megan Watterson. So if that's appealing to you, um, go ahead and get your book um, on Kindle, Audible, uh, from your local bookstore. Uh, and then join the crowded table at patreon.com slash the Kevin Garcia. Maybe I should put here. Patreon.com slash the Kevin Garcia. And then we'll click add. Boom. There it is. Patreon.com slash the Kevin Garcia. See y'all, we're learning in real time right now how to do this thing. Um, but the, it's an amazing online community. The The Discord channel is fire. I am absolutely just, I love these these humans who, um, who are saying yes to a new way of being spiritual in the world. It's really cool. Um, I'm just now noticing how busted my hair looks like. Now I need to go run a comb through it. Anyways, um, who gives a shit? Who really does? Because if you're listening to this on the podcast, um, you're not seeing it, so it's fine. Anyways, um, yeah, like I said, join us for the full moon circle tonight. Join us on the second and fourth weekend of every month for the Crowded Table gatherings here on YouTube um, and on Facebook, too, if you're over on Facebook. What else? Am I missing anything? I think that's everything. So um, till next time, y'all, uh, if you haven't already, you should go buy my book. It's called Bad Theology Kills. I have my first copy ever right here. This is like the proof copy. Ugh, we've been through it together. But I love this book so much. You can get this at badtheologykills.com. It's over on my website. That's it. That's it, everyone. I love you. Thanks for tuning in for another episode. So till next time, take your meds, call your person, eat something delicious, shake your ass a little bit, move your body in a way that feels good. And, um, you know, if you have trouble um, eating because you hate eating in the morning, sometimes a protein mix in water will do the trick. <laughs> this is me telling on myself right now. Anyways, I love you all so much. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of A Tiny Revolution. See you next week. Bye. <laughs>